powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Liz, and I have a very special guest with me today here to break down the, what was it, a 5-3 win for the Winnipeg Jets over the Philadelphia Flyers. I am joined by Megan. Uh, if you're on hockey Twitter, there's no way you don't know Megan. Um, what do you do? They work for Broad Street Hockey, and you know, you'll find them all over with the random takes on the Philadelphia Flyers that never fail to make me laugh. So Megan, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I am so excited to have you. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. So today we are going to break down this Flyers win. Jets are coming on a back-to-back here. Uh, no, we're breaking down this Jets win. Jets are also coming on a back-to-back. I'm switching up the names here. Um, so I was, you know, hoping that the Jets would come out not flat-footed and come out and hopefully take advantage of a team that's a little bit lower than them in the standings. And for the most part, I believe that they did accomplish that tonight. So for the next, you know, 30 or so minutes, Megan and I are going to chat about just that. So Megan, um, first things first, why don't you tell us a little bit about your initial thoughts on what you heard and saw in this game tonight? Yeah, so I mean, uh, one of the main talking points uh, just surrounding the Flyers after this game is definitely going to be the goalie. Uh, so Felix Sandstrom is uh, first time in net in a while, um, and he's coming off of a stint in the AHL. Um, we we liked our Samuel Arison, uh, our other backup goalie, uh, but we needed to get um, – one of them back up from the AHL just so that there's not like an issue there. So we were hanging on with like, I don't know, some injuries and stuff, but he was untested, but you know, and then I think that played into a little bit of how those three goals were first scored, which was like uh, just insane to watch. Um, and it was very, it was very flyers of them um, because they did, you know, it's tradition for them to be pretty bad in the beginning and then slowly get better. Um, see if they can overcome that, but you know, yeah, no, that definitely was the case early on. And super quick, I'm going to take my B-reel as we continue with this because it just went off. But uh, <laughs> I know I just took mine. I was like, oh my gosh, perfect timing. Um, but yeah, that was definitely, that early start was definitely, um, I don't know, I was a little bit surprised to see that coming off so hot. And, and that's that makes sense, though, if you see that that's a theme for the Flyers because it was definitely a quick start for the Winnipeg Jets. And I, I was happy with the start. Like, I definitely thought all three of those goals that they scored were quite nice and they, they worked for them and whatnot. But like you said, the Flyers definitely picked it up as the game went on. But um, let's talk a little bit about the goaltending there on their end and kind of what you saw. And then I'll sort of pick up on what I saw from, from our end and how they were able to take advantage of maybe some of the weaker areas there. I mean, seemed like just inexperienced. Like, it, he got better as the game went on, although... Um, if I remember, was it the, yeah, the fourth goal was a little, uh, yes. yikes on his end. Yeah. It yeah, was kind of like there. that. Yeah. He should have gotten that one. Um, so it was, you know, I, I think as a first game back, like it's kind of what you expect. Um, you know, I guess we've gotten stomped by a few teammates or, or by a few other teams before I'm thinking like, like really good ones, like the Leafs Boston, like they just came in and like, we got wiped once or twice, but we uh, I say we, the Flyers have been good at, um, you know, getting their feet under them under like, you know, kind of even matchups. I don't, I admittedly have not been following uh, Winnipeg that much. So, but I know that they're fighting for like the first spot in that one division. So they're pretty good. Um, so I'm thinking like, you know, that's maybe what we kind of assumed coming in was that it was going to be a little bit of a tougher matchup. Um, but we, we, he did need to, get some games in so you know might as well 
Absolutely, and that, and was that um, that there was no injury or anything like that that made Carter Hart not play tonight? It was just his night off. Uh, good question. <laughs> I'm actually not sure. I have admittedly um, not been following too much because I've been hoping that they have been like losing. So it was nice to like pop back into Flyers World for a little bit, um, <laughs> especially after um, the Ivan Provorov thing. I was just like, I'm not. Yeah, we'll get into that. Absolutely, and, and we will definitely get into that. Yeah, that's definitely something I, I want to make sure that we we chat about tonight. And he particularly, um, he was one of the Flyers' goal scorers tonight, and all that kind of stuff. And he also got hit in the face with the puck. So, lol. Um, but uh, for, for at least from the Jets' perspective in this game, I thought that um, you know, actually, I lied. Not from a Jets' perspective, from the Flyers' perspective. Again, uh, similarly to you, Megan, I especially these out of conference teams, I spend a little bit less time uh, watching all their games and all those sorts of things. So tonight, I found that the Flyers had a really strong start with like just straight up aggression. And I was, you know, following a couple of different people on Twitter. You know, notably shout out Charlie O'Connor. I always check out to see what he has to say. Um, my fave, his my fave. perspective. Yeah, absolutely, great dude. Um, but you know, from the Flyers perspective you know because he'll tweet a little bit more from their end uh what he saw in that game and he was talking about how this team definitely has a lot of fight in them and they don't they don't give up on that a lot and that was definitely to me you could tell pretty clearly um into that third period pardon me the second period when they were able to score those those three back-to-back goals like that's definitely not a team that gives up because when you give up three goals in the opening eight minutes of a game it's pretty easy to just you know concede on this one and hope to regroup for the next and I definitely saw you know right out the gate that there was a lot of you know, jump to the team and and it made things a little bit harder on the Jets. Um, But one thing that I thought, you know, they were just a little bit more scrambly than some of the stronger opponents that I think I've seen the Winnipeg Jets play against this year. And I thought that the Winnipeg Jets were able to at least kind of from what I saw and what I observed, they were able to spend a little bit more time thinking because I felt that the Flyers were just a little bit less structured and calm and collected than some other teams so that they weren't jumping on the pucks immediately. So say a defenseman gets the, you know, puck on the point or something, there's the guy is, you know, a half second away instead of, you know, um, a quarter of a second away. So there's that little bit extra amount of decision-making time that the Flyers were able to kind of give to the Jets almost in that sense. So I thought we were able to see a little bit more strength from the Jets in that capacity in creating a bit more instead of, you know, the defenseman from the point just pushing it down the boards or firing at the net. They were able to make more calculated passes or they were able to actually put the puck where they wanted to because they had a little bit more time. Would you say that that's something that you've kind of noticed with the Flyers? Like, is that, I think it's something that maybe you see with some teams that are a little bit, they have a little less in the win column. Uh, it seems to be kind of a pattern, but would you say that that's kind of aligns with what you would say the Flyers are up to tonight? Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's kind of common throughout the season. You kind of like, <sighs> the defense, I mean, all around the- <laughs> The defense for the past like two, three years here has been like the real issue and they just have not patched up like the holes that they've needed to. Um, uh, apologies. I wasn't following through the entirety of that. I was trying to like look up if Carter Hart is injured or not. I think it's just, it was a matter of um, uh, getting a uh, Arison back down uh, just for like AHL purposes for Makes contract sense. purposes. Um so I think it might have just been a rest day. He was placed on concussion protocol like um, back in December, but I think they reactivated him. They might be like taking him a little bit lighter in, which would be good. Um, that's definitely good if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to do a little bit more research in that department. But um, so you're talking about like defense being just kind of sloppy. A little, yeah. And just not quite as sharp on, on individual plays and whatnot. Yeah, that's the main issue. I mean, at the beginning of the season, I remember like, uh, it's it's Tortorella, so that's I mean our head coach. Always the like, disclaimer. 
like he is um, on top of that. Like he, he was brought in to help make this team better defensively. And I would say that he has done that because we're not, uh, you know, absolutely bottom of the standings, which, um, you know, can, can be good, uh, can be bad, depending on exactly what you want for this team. But it's been kind of a ride seeing like, you know, uh, his defensive structure being implemented, um, you know, it was a little messy in the beginning. Uh, then we had like a, a pretty good win streak going after um, everyone kind of like got the handle on things. We got guys coming back from injury, um, really big guys coming back from injury, which is great. Um, and then, you know, kind of sliding into uh, this little stretch where it's a little bit more disorganized than it has been, but like as for as sloppy as some of those uh, that defense looks like it's much better than it has been, which is like, you know, I, it depends on game to game, team to team, but like it's, um, I, you get some gaffes here and there, especially with, I mean, with players like Tony D'Angelo and like Ivan Provorov, like there's no way that you can have a full game that's like absolutely solid. Like we don't really have that like good first pair um, that can just like play solid minutes all the time. Uh, so it's, it is a struggle. Uh, and then we've got like more offense than we have in the, in a, a long time, which is good. So we can score goals and we can do some defense, but like, it's just not enough. Like it's not there. It's not the system anymore because that's fully implemented. People are like, I mean, Kevin Hayes, even like there was some like brushing up there against, um, John Torella about like, you know, maybe not following like the get back on the puck real quick, like being a little bit lazy in some senses, but like, even he's like on board, like, so, I mean, you can chalk it up to like talent at that point. Really? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that makes a lot of sense uh, with, the, with the whole systems thing. And with, with any new coach, it obviously takes some time to sort of gel. And like you said, like there's probably the gelling has kind of settled a little bit more and, and they're, you know, figuring it out. But I do think that a team like this, like the top end talent is at the end of the day, kind of kind of an issue where it's like, you know, with the Winnipeg Jets, for example, we'll watch a game and it's like the Jets are playing terribly, but you get one lucky break on a breakaway or a penalty kill or pardon me, power play. And you have Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers out there and he'll score a goal because that's what they can do. Uh, and then that's huge. You know, as much as you can look at systems and structure and the different strength of your lines and whatnot, at the end of the day, if you have a guy who can score almost at will, it helps a lot in, in that department. So, um, but I noticed tonight that uh, Travis Konechny in particular, like, dude's on the power play, he's running all their five minutes, he's running their penalty kill, like, he's out there. Like, I think they're really, you know, they're guys that are good at hockey, they, they're using them up. Yeah, I would say uh, Travis Konechny um, and Scott Lawton have become, I mean, Scott Lawton has always killed penalties, but Travis Konechny, like, he's got some, like, shorthanded goals this year. I mean, obviously, other than the fact that he's, like, in sh- shooting an insane percentage, like, he is like absolutely revitalized um, to the player that we thought he was uh, a little bit ago. And then he had like an off season or two where it just, it wasn't quite there. Um, But he's, he's, I mean, he's been all of our offense for like a a little bit there. Um, And he's been the one guy we can count on to like really score a goal. Um, I mean, that's transforming into like Kevin Hayes recently has been like really on it, which has been great. Um, But, you know, Travis Konechny, if Kevin Hayes wasn't going to the all-star game and like, you know, they gave that to him for obvious reasons. He's been through a lot um, these past few seasons. He's had a lot of injuries, had a lot of like personal struggles as well. Um, so, you know, here for that, but 
Travis Campney would be going uh, if he wasn't just because he has had, he has been something about like John Tortorella. You see it in every system that he goes into. He has like a guy that just like he transforms. I'm thinking like, was it Wierenski in Columbus where he did like the same thing? Like he transformed this like uh, kind of guy who's having a down year, but has a lot of raw talent, like just really like revolutionized his game. And now he's like a real like two-way player, which is never how you would have described Travis Kinectomy like two years ago. Like he was just someone who scored goals. Um, and then he was just someone who got assists last year. And now he's someone who's, uh, earned being on the penalty kill, earned being on the power play, like is out there all the time and for a good reason. Um, and for that reason, people are also talking about trading him. So I personally, as someone who fell in love with the game of hockey because of Travis Konechny, uh, don't want that. But I understand that, like, you know, selling high is important to this team, um, you know, despite the fact that we're not tanking, just to retool, <laughs> that type of thing. So frustrating, but um, retool is my favorite word. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> Anytime we get into like a GM buzzword, Megan's just gonna like pass out on the couch. It's all fine. <laughs> um, but really? I want to take a quick look in the chat, super quick, because Robert says hello. Uh, Robert Malloy, our our favorite chat mod in the world. We love Robert. Uh, says hello to Megan, and Dave says that Adam Lowry has no goals in the last twenty games. Uh, I want to talk a little bit. <laughs> Adam Lowry um, is just beloved across nations. Uh, I don't. I don't think I've ever met anyone who doesn't like Adam Lowry. We just we adore. Uh, and you know, I don't expect a ton of offensive production from Adam Lowry because his whole shtick for the last couple of years, you know, has been, um, you know, he'll go out there and he'll play the hard grinding minutes against the best lines in the NHL every single night. You know, pick the team. Their best line is going out against Adam Lowry, and he he goes out there, and it's just a matter of you know surviving through that and not letting that line score as much as he possibly can to try and give the top two lines a little bit more time and space to do exactly that. Um, but no goals in the last twenty games, I do find a little bit surprising, and also it's not great considering that he has had some scoring wingers playing with him. You know, Morgan Barron has been fantastic. He's had a couple stints with some other guys and whatnot, uh, and he also gets some power play time. So um, you know, you'd hope to see more goals from that guy, especially considering that, you know, this Winnipeg Jets team considers themselves to be extremely deep. And if you want to go into the playoffs, you need scoring from all three of your lines. So uh, it's interesting that he hasn't scored in the last 20 games. It makes some interesting sense. But uh, what I was saying before about him being on the power play tonight, just like last night, the Winnipeg Jets did have quite a bit of time at five on four this evening with some calls going against the other team. Um, Megan, any thoughts on the Flyers penalty kill tonight? And then I'll talk a little bit about the Jets power play. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's been like a hot minute since I've watched hockey or something, but I there were a lot of like penalties um, called in this game or like a good amount, at least, because um, there were quite a few whistles, I remember, uh, which is a pretty good. So it's equally as good as like the Flyers penalty kill has become uh, their power play has just gotten I think like they're just not great. Like, I think what I think it's 31st in the league. Am I going crazy? They cannot score for their life, but like that's, it might be. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's par for the course with this Flyers team the past few years. So like, I'm not surprised. Um, So it was, you know, um, I kind of expected as much, but it's interesting to see that back and forth between those special teams. Um, I don't know. I mean, who got more? If I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Who, I want to say the Jets had more. more power plays. Um, but yeah. uh, 
you keep chatting. There I'll was look some, it up. Yeah, yeah. There were some ugly ones. Uh, like a like a wrist um, from like one of our guys that was just mo- the most ridiculous thing. Um, I'm trying to think. And then like one right after that, like they just kept tripping themselves up, which is kind of a, again, when you have a Tony D'Angelo on your team, when you're playing that like harder type of, um, I mean, it's not stay at home. That's not what's happening, but like that kind of harder game, uh, you're, that's just going to happen sometimes. Um, yeah, but I mean, the more practice that these guys can get, like on those different special teams, the better. Because I feel like, I mean, more than anything this season, it's just like a way to get um, all these guys more experience and just kind of more experience in systems, more experience um, for the younger guys coming up, hopefully, and just like all around. But like, you can't have that much sloppiness, like, especially when you have a, a brand new goalie in that. Like, it's, you want to be, you want to play clean so you can protect him because, like, if you're on the penalty kill that much, I mean, it exhausts the players, it exhausts the goalie. Like, absolutely, yeah, yeah, it's just not a smart thing to do to, um, you know, play that aggressively. I mean, it's not the ugliest game that I've, you know, heard or seen, but um, it wasn't pretty. So that's yeah. not what you want to do in front of that kind kind of goalie. Absolutely, yeah, and I think, you know, uh, for example, specifically, you know, the Jets had, had that one five-on-three for that period of time when Konechny pulled, he had a penalty um, that he got while they were on the power play, or while they were on the penalty kill, pardon me, he got another one because he, uh, he was doing some great chasing down, down uh, and the penalty was called, like, behind Dave Riddick or something like that, like, it, it was pretty good, um, and I saw some people saying, you know, you're okay with that penalty being taken and whatnot, but I just looked uh, five to four for penalties there, so Flyers had five, Jets had four, and I think for the Winnipeg Jets power play, like, listen, like, I know that they have five shooting threats on any of the on their first power play unit in particular. Obviously, you got Josh Morrissey out there who can score from the point or any kind of he can move in there when there are some gaps. Pierre-Luc Dubois, great at potting those in front. Nikolai Ehlers, Kyle Connor, and Mark Shifley anywhere on the side there. Even in the slot, they can, they can shoot, of course. Um, I thought tonight that, you know... When you have a penalty, or pardon me, a power play that has as many talented guys as the Winnipeg Jets do, it's hard for it to look quote-unquote bad, but again, five chances tonight, and you know, they had like nine power play chances yesterday or something like that, like, I don't know if I'm loving what I'm seeing, in particular on the five-on-three, I thought that they were so wide, you know, Josh Morrissey was almost at the blue line, and the guys on on the half walls were like almost at the outside of the circle, and it was like, you gotta squish in a little bit and make that penalty kill collapse a bit more to try and you know, create those lanes for yourself because there's, I, I personally, on a five on three, to me, there is never a need for a point shot because you have your, your three penalty killing forwards so collapsed in front of the net. There's no lane there. Uh, so I don't understand why they were so, you know, broad on that particular um, five on three, but, uh, you know, you don't play a lot of those in a game, so it is what it is. But I, I kind of want to see a little bit more from the Jets power play personally because, again, sort of going back to what I was saying before specifically about the Jets having that extra half second to make a decision, which I thought led to less, um, you know, careless dump-ins and things like that, at least early on in the game. Um, I want to see more of that on the power play. I know you don't always have the most time um, on the power play, but uh, I want to see them make some smarter decisions with their their puck movement, not just, you know, always cycling it back up to the top guy or always trying to pass it through the seam when there are six guys in the way and you never get it through. You know, I, I want more from the Winnipeg Jets power play. Um, I think that... 
they have the potential to do more there. Like, you have a lot of guys who are very, very talented, and their second unit is not strong, and it is what it is, but they don't have to play them that often. They they, they just throw their first unit out there for as often as they can. But uh, their penalty kill, however, on the other hand, was, I believe, going into this evening, was second in the NHL. When they show that stat on TSN, I was like, whoa, nice. <laughs> um, but Kevin Hayes, I believe, had two power play goals this evening, did he not? That's our yeah. that's Winnipeg Jets 2019 fourth liner Kevin Hayes to you. But uh, uh, any I thoughts? I forgot about that. I think we got him from you guys, right? Like he signed. Yeah, here he signed in Philly immediately afterwards. Yeah, he he trade got traded from the Rangers to the Jets. Uh, he was their big move at the 2019 deadline. They lost in the first round in five games to eventual Stanley Cup champions, the St. Louis Blues, and then Kevin Hayes was out of there. And I do not blame him in the slightest. <laughs> Listen, for what it's worth, I've listened to a ton of Kevin Hayes interviews. I mean, he's not my most favorite player, um, but, you know, I like the guy uh, from what I've seen of him. And he like he spoke about playing in Winnipeg and he was like, they treat you like very right there. Like everyone was like so kind to him when he was playing and like. I can't, I mean, I can't say the same for Philly. We're a little bit mean, um, but he was like, it's cool. And you guys do like the whiteout thing, right? He was like, yeah. he, I remember specifically mentioning that. But, it's, um, it's pretty uh, cool. So yeah, no, that's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. Before we jump into um, the hot topic of the day that I want to get into with Megan here, um, guys, for the first time ever, I'm going to try a pre-recorded ad roll. So we're going to give this a gander here. We're going to give it a try. If it works, if it doesn't work, we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, as always, a message from our friends at Sports Interaction. So we'll, we'll give it a go and see if my internet can handle a pre-recorded video. Hey, Jets fans. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live and play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Okay, I think I got it to work, so um, we'll see. I have the stream pulled up on my computer. It's about 30 seconds or so behind, so we'll see when we get there. But, uh, yeah, so 5-3 win by the Winnipeg Jets out there. You know, I thought in particular early on, it was like, you know, 3 nothing. they're up, they're doing not so bad. But I found that there were still quite a few, you know, careless giveaways and things like that that I wasn't a huge fan of. And it was just lucky for them that Philly wasn't capitalizing on it as much as some other teams have in the past. So, yeah. And they're not great at that. <laughs> yeah. Which, thank God. They'll, they'll thank fumble God. every chance. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it, it's especially, you know, when they played yesterday in a different, a whole different country. Um, overall, happy with the performance and I'm hoping to see them uh, continue with, you know, improving the power play and, and capitalizing on chances and not giving up as many in the future. So, was, uh, was this a back to back? It was. Winnipeg yes. Jets? They played in Ottawa yesterday. Oh, uh, yes. interesting. Yeah, and they and they kept the same lineup, you know, uh, Ville Hanel didn't draw in or anything like that, um, but uh, they had their backup goalie playing, of course, and, you know, a couple of rebounds here, there, and everywhere that I wouldn't think that Connor Hellbuck would have given up, but all in all, Dave Riddick, he does what a backup goalie needs to do, and I, I'm more than happy with him, it was fine couple of, you know, uh, red light Dave moments or whatever people want to call them, but, uh, or red light Riddich, that's what it's called. You know, there's big save Dave occasionally, especially at the end there when uh, Philly had the empty net, there were some moments where Dave kind of bailed them out, which was great. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of all about uh, this particular game that we wanted to chat about. However, um, the man of the hour, um, derogatory, of course, (laughs) Um, I... This is our first time um, jumping on the stream in particular that I've wanted to talk about Ivan Provorov. Of course, uh, this evening is perfect time to its opportune seeing as they are playing the um, 
Philadelphia Flyers this evening and I also know that we're about a week or so out from Black History Month which is one of the most informative months of the year and it's just kind of goes to show that there's a lot of room to grow in this sport and there's a lot of stuff that we still need to do uh so let's let's talk a little bit about Ivan Provorov Megan yeah I mean first of all it is not a surprise um just because as someone who has followed this team um they have not worn pride jerseys before um and there's like you know a very few particular um players that I mean that the roster switch around so much, but the two constants have been um, James Van Riemsdyk and um, Scott Lawton have been really, really, really outspoken advocates. And so it's really, really tough um, to see this kind of outshine all of the work that they've done just as someone who's like talked to the people who normally kind of are behind the scenes and working on these, these things like there's a lot of people who care really, really deeply about expanding the fan base. And just to like watch that crumble, like in front of your, your eyes is really nasty. Um, but it's not a surprise. I mean, I've heard whispers just like behind the scenes, like as if you're kind of around enough people who are in the locker rooms or follow hockey or, I mean, even like no wags, like it, wives and girlfriends, um, you kind of get a vibe from some of the guys. And honestly, there's been a lot of whispers about training Provorov. There's been a lot of whispers about um, kind of a disconnect in the locker room specifically with him. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is part of it. Um, I mean, we've got some really, really, really outspoken allies on this team. And just to watch um, someone like disregard um, fans like that, disregard possible teammates like that, disregard, um, you know, people working for the organization like that. It's, uh, I mean, it's a disgrace. It shouldn't have happened. Um, I haven't, I, for my own mental health, um, I think I, you know, was on Twitter being funny about it, funny slash serious about it for like a day. And then I like, I don't know. I got some mess in my mentions and I couldn't think about it for a little bit longer or for a minute longer. So I think that the current story is that, um, I don't know if they did know or if they didn't know beforehand. I think they did know that this was going to happen beforehand, but like their press wasn't informed. So like they put out like um, a press statement after the incident, like right as people were going back into the locker room, which is not like a standard thing to do. If you know, this is something that is going to happen. Um, it's never come up before because the flyers, this was their first time doing pride jerseys, which they looked fantastic. I would have liked for them to mess with the logo a bit, um, but that's just me. I mean, like they had the rainbows on the numbers, they had the rainbows on the back. Um, but you know, it was very notable that like, Oh, Ivan Provorov isn't playing like, or he's not in warmups. Is he not playing? Is he sick? Is there some other um, kind of, explanation for this because you want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt um but you know then he he comes out after the game and um i think tortorella said it first who also said some kind of annoying comments that he did not walk back and in fact kind of you know uh retread afterwards which is just the worst but um he clarified that he did it for uh religious reasons which okay um, and then later on, uh, they also talked with Provorov, um, and he said, it's just the same thing. I mean, he wouldn't say anything else. So it's, 
you know, it's just a bit of a disgrace. I mean, I'm glad that the Flyers came out with a statement saying like, we support everyone, we support every fan, but it's really, really tough to see a player come out on the ice and just like flat out, you know, not show support. It's the most like it's this incident has been talked about so many times, but it is the most like basic thing you can possibly do. Like, it's just a Jersey dude. Like Tony D'Angelo came out and wore a fucking brick. Am I allowed to? S- yeah, you are. You are. <laughs> okay. okay. I was like, oh, I got to catch myself. Um, Tony D'Angelo came out and wore the rainbow jersey. Like, and we know we are aware of his politics. We are aware of like what he has stand for, stood for in the past with his uh, comments on Twitter. But it's, you know, it feels like the least amount of like courtesy you can give to like the LGBTQ fans and community that you have, like and it it really upsets me that like just an act that simple can disregard so much of the work that has been done behind the scenes and it just shows you like how much more work we have to do because for as much as like someone someone brought up that if um you know he was scratched from that game which like could have been an option because if you don't skate in warm-ups why would you skate in a game you know what I mean um that's kind of I mean Tortorella scratched people for uh lighter stuff I mean he had some stuff to say about uh people not standing for the anthem so uh I don't know it just seemed so silly to me but someone brought up it could be like a legal thing like ramifications for like totally yeah yeah like yeah 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 which is like okay but like they spoke beforehand and they knew this was coming and like you couldn't have done like anything like it's also the fact that he plays like 20 something minutes a night like he's he's out there all the time so i mean he's not great at what he does Uh, (laughs) i'm surprised he scored a goal which he's not a you know particularly offensive guy um uh you know I, i think he got what he's coming from coming he got what he had coming for him um, when he got hit in the face of the puck. I'm terrible. I'm terrible for, like, having a little bit of fun with that. But, like, like how do you do that to, like, an entire, like, I just want him off my team. Like, we wanted him off our team for a while just because there were, like, situations in the locker room that was assumed to be him, like, and like he, you know, thinks he's better than he is, possibly. But you know, it's it's really frustrating to see, and it like lowers his trade value too. Like, who wants a guy like that in the locker room? Like, not us. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. No, not a, not a welcoming guy. Like, it's it's really really frustrating to see someone do that. And I had a feeling that there was a reason that they didn't do the rainbow jerseys for a bit, um, as to you know avoid some of that, but. You know, I was glad for all the all the players that did that, um, and all the people who went and were able to like you know benefit from you know showings of pride because they've done a lot of work. Um, but it just wasn't enough to balance out like the noise that ended up coming from this like weird protest from Provorov. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it is the kind of thing where it's like you definitely, you know, understand and validate the outrage from anyone coming, you know, because like you said, you know, you're sitting there and visibility is so important in sports. And, you know, these these things, people might think that a simple jersey is just 
that a simple jersey but it's so much bigger than that when it's for someone who doesn't have a lot of representation in a sport um but it's so much bigger than that and I think that you know back to what I was saying about um you know obviously there's validation in being upset but it's really unfortunate that it did drown out the noise around the good stuff that's being done by a lot of the players in the Flyers locker room because to me that's that's the the biggest and happiest thing to come from this is that knowing that there are some players there who are doing some really great work to make their hockey community more inclusive which is so fantastic and um, you know people have their choices and opinions and things like that but you know Gordon Miller said it on Twitter and people have said it before freedom of opinion um, and you know freedom of speech and all that does not equate freedom of consequence from you know people reacting to your speech and whatnot and you know if, if you go out there and you say this is my opinion but you're opinion you know completely disregards and acknowledges uh, a an entire demographic of people as you know not I don't even know what the words are like it's difficult people are allowed to be frustrated with that and uh, you know I think uh, the hockey community has really come together on this I'm really lucky that you know the organization that I work for we've had some really productive chats and in, in our group chats with the game over hosts and whatnot talking about how much work there is left to do in the hockey world and how we can continue to make this sport more inclusive but um, we have to keep talking about it keep talking about the good keep holding people accountable for the bad and make sure it's always brought up in conversation so that hockey can be a better place yeah I just hope it doesn't embolden any other player to like do a similar thing. Oh, I mean, I didn't even think of that. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that um, everyone kind of stands in solidarity with like, Hey, this guy's kind of an ass. Like what, <laughs> what is going on here? Um, and that's the majority of the opinions that I've, you know, seen and heard. Um, but we know that hockey has like, I mean, it's 20 years behind, like the norm always progressive, yeah, like, absolutely. you know, in terms of accept- accepting people, but you know, I've worked with some fantastic people, especially in like the Philly community and area um, who are doing like, fi- like great, great, great work to get youth and especially queer youth in sport. And, you know, having that um, found family aspect of sports that is so important, especially if you don't have like the most welcoming community elsewhere. Um, but, you know, it's, it's always disappointing to see, um, people who have access to so many possible resources have access to their teammates who are like, you know, big advocates allies have been doing this for a long time and just like refuse to take that into their opinion and refuse to, um, you know, stand on it and think about it. And uh, yeah, it's just disappointing, but it was really heartwarming to see the, for the most part, outwarming, uh, outpouring of support, especially for, um, the Philly LGBT community. I mean, like people were making donations to um, just various spots around the um, uh, area to help out and kind of balance out those negative comments, which was like wonderful. If you can't, if you're able to monetarily support through that or just vocally, um, I mean, and if, you, if you're part of the LGBTQ community, which I am, like it's difficult to hear those things, but know that there's like, more people behind you than there ever are going to be like yelling in front of you. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, just make sure to be an ally, stand up, show support and, you know, hope that Ivan Provov gets like booted off this team in the off season. So uh, he's not doing much for defense anyways. I mean, 
Absolutely, we'll yeah. I remember we'll yeah, going into that game, I was like, I heard some trade rumors. Is he scratched already? And then this whole shit hit the fan, and it was like, oh, God. But uh, And I believe, um, you know, in, in the light of hockey Twitter and all that good stuff, there's – who is it? Mio from Twitter, I believe, just designed a pride jersey for, for a hockey team, right? Do you I, – I was looking on Twitter, and I couldn't she's find it. She's done any. a few. Yeah. yeah what, she's done a few recently. Um, I remember I think the first one was the Canucks. I have little stickers of that. Um, Clarissa, also of Hockey Twitter fame, um, uh, came and visited Philly and dropped those off to me. And I was like, oh, nice things of all time. Um, and I think she's, uh, I'm trying to think what, what other ones she's done. I think Um, there was one that might have been Dallas. I don't know. But yeah, some amazing work being done by some some queer artists out there for for Pride Nights, which is fantastic. So yeah, we're really happy to continue to support, and uh, it's great to chat about these things and keep the conversation going. So uh, it's been a fun time, Megan, having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming out. Uh, Winnipeg Jets play again on Tuesday in Nashville, I believe. Uh, so they'll and then they'll be back at home for a couple games. So it'll be super fantastic. And I just want to make a quick comment. Uh, Rudy in the chat says, "Keep politics out of sports." Rudy, I gotta tell you, man, this isn't politics. These are people's lives. These are the fans um, who make this game so fantastic and if they don't feel welcome in this sport then that means we have work to do that's not politics that's the game of hockey so Meg- two, two, two seconds i have like the greatest thing to show you about that wait oh. hold on i gotta take my headphones off she's moving around she's talking <laughs> so uh, i just had this thing and i need to show it and it's my favorite sweatshirt of all time uh and it says it's probably going to be mirrored, but it says keep politics in sports because that's where they belong. And believe it or not, everything that you consume is political. No, that's super fair. And well, that's exactly it. Like, you know, <laughs> politics and sports, every, everything is political at the end of the day. Like, um, and everything is, everything isn't whatnot. But uh, if the conversation involves hockey in any way, we keep it in there and we keep the conversation going. Because as soon as you start, you know, neglecting to talk about things, that's when, you know, problems arise, right? So that's why we're, that's why we're here. And, you know, I'm thankful to have a platform with this company to continue to talk about these kinds of things. And, you know, um, just to close off and whatnot, platforms, you can find me on Twitter, of course. Uh, my name is at Liz Hood. You'll find me on Twitter talking about all things Jets. Megan, what do you want to plug before we sign off for the evening? Uh, you guys can find me um, at Defense Mint on Twitter. So that's defense and then mint, uh, like the flavor. You used to be able to find me at BroadStreetHockey.com. Um, I did fan camps for them, but unfortunately, Vox has decided to shut down that website. We'll see what the future holds. Um, but for now, I'm kind of on hold. Um, I'm a college student anyways. I'm in art school. So if you want to follow my journey, you can go to at sweetest art, like uh, sweetest, like something's the sweetest art on Instagram. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, Megan, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, we will see you all in game over on um, Tuesday next week and for plenty of games leading up to the All-Star break. So t- take care, Megan. Take care, everyone. Thanks for joining in the chat and we'll see you next time. by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.